1: for standing by, welcome to the Good Food Second Quarter 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. As a courtesy to others, we ask that each participant limit themselves to one question, and if necessary, one follow-up question. Instructions will be provided at the time for you to queue up for questions please note that questions will be taken from financial analysts only. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, April 7, 2021, at 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Furthermore, I would like to remind you that today's presentation may contain forward-looking statements about Good Foods' current and future plans, expectations and intentions, results, level of activity, performance, goals or achievements, or other future events or developments. As such, please take a moment to read the disclaimer on forward-looking statements on slide two of the presentation. I would now like to hand the conference over to your host for today's call, Jonathan Ferrari, Good Food Chief Executive Officer. Mr. Ferrari, you may proceed.
2: Thank you. Bonjour à tous et bienvenue à l'appel conférence de Marché Goodfood pour présenter nos résultats financiers du second trimestre de l'exercice 2021, clos le 28 février 2021. Good morning everyone and welcome to this call for Goodfood Market Corp in which we will present our financial results for the second quarter of fiscal 2021 ended February 28, 2021. I'm pleased to be joined on the call today by Neil Kagi Good Foods President and Chief Operating Officer, Rania Lawandi, Vice President and Interim Chief Financial Officer, and Ross Awamur, Senior Director of Financial Planning and Investor Relations. Our press release, reporting our second quarter results, was published earlier this morning. It can also be found on our website at makegoodfood.ca and on SEDAR. Please be aware that we will refer to certain metrics and non-IFRS measures Where possible, these measures are identified and reconciled to the most comparable IFRS measures in our MDNA. Finally, let me remind you that all figures expressed on today's call are in Canadian dollars unless otherwise stated. Now turning to slide three, which outlines our key financial highlights for the second quarter. Our results this quarter continue to demonstrate the strength of of the acceleration in the adoption of online meal solutions and grocery shopping as well as Good Food's long-term strategy and leading position in these markets. Indeed, we've seen strong performances in key metrics that have driven record financial results this quarter. During the second quarter, we continue to experience outstanding growth and accomplishments while also managing significant business and human challenges. Our employees have worked hard to make our vision of putting Good Food in every kitchen every day become a reality and responded to the essential meal planning needs of Canadians while operating under enhanced safety protocols to keep everyone safe. We as a management team are grateful to all Good Food employees for believing in our vision and for your dedication to our members and our company. This important quarter marked by continued growth and solid performance in key metrics, highlighting the strength of our operational execution and the success of our strategy we are pleased to report robust subscriber growth and even stronger revenue growth while achieving positive earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization, in addition to record levels in several key other metrics. First, we surpassed the $100 million mark in revenues this quarter alone, a first in the history of the company, with revenues totaling $100.7 million, a growth of 71% compared to the same period last year. Our strategy to expand our product offering and accelerate delivery speed has led to larger basket sizes and more frequent orders, which combined with strong subscriber additions helped us achieve this record performance. Our year-over-year growth in revenues also outpaced growth in subscribers by a factor of 2.4 to 1, highlighting our members' appreciation for the quality of our products and convenience of our services. Good food now accounts for a larger share of our customers' grocery baskets than ever before. Second, our strong operational execution has further expanded our gross profit to reach the record $30.6 million, or 72% more than in the second quarter of fiscal 2020, on the back of gross margin, which stood at 30.4% this quarter. A decrease in incentives as a percentage of revenues resulted from more targeted marketing campaigns, a reduction in delivery costs driven by our last mile delivery initiative, an increased density and improved packaging unit costs as a result of economies of scale and same day deliveries, which often reduced the need for additional packaging like boxes and ice packs, drove this strong performance. Third, we are pleased to report A fourth consecutive quarter of positive EBITDA. This reflects not only growth in revenues and gross margin improvement but also an efficient operating leverage driven by lower selling general and administrative expenses as a percentage of revenues. Adjusted EBITDA was 0.5 million dollars for the quarter or a margin of 0.5 percent representing an improvement of 5.5 percentage points compared the same period last year overall our financial performance this quarter has been exceptional driven by our strategy solid execution and the accelerated penetration of online grocery shopping I will now turn to slide four to share some key business highlights first we take great pride in the key milestones and records achieved this quarter by building and positioning good food to respond to Canadian strong and sustained demand for online grocery and meal solutions, we have been able to not only increase active subscribers by 30% year-over-year, year, but also to provide customers with a varied offering that enabled them to purchase bigger baskets more often, as evidenced by revenue growth, which has more than double the subscriber growth this quarter. Our trailing 12-month revenues have now surpassed the $350 million milestone, standing at $362 million. Moreover, our gross profit growth came in two and a half times higher than our subscriber growth, demonstrating our ability to continuously execute strongly on operational initiatives, providing industry-leading gross margin levels. Second, this performance continues to be driven by our focus on increasing our value proposition to members. This quarter, we continue to execute on our strategy to consistently enhance our customers' experience by launching Good Food WOW, our unlimited same-day delivery service in the Greater Toronto Area and expanding its availability in the Greater Montreal Area. Our members have responded very favorably to our same-day delivery with strong order frequency and basket sizes. Moreover, net promoter scores And brand awareness have demonstrated the great interest our members have for the service we are very excited to be launching good food Wow in more Canadian cities in the coming year we have also continued to bolster our product offering which now counts 750 products up 36% quarter over quarter we are well on our way to reaching the 4000 SKU goal set as part of our long-term strategy this quarter we ran a promotion offering up to 50% discount on the majority of our grocery products. While this highly popular promotion created demand-driven challenges, it led to members purchasing over 1.1 million good food grocery products this quarter, underscoring the market demand for e-commerce groceries and meal solutions delivered to homes. Finally, we wanna highlight that by expanding our offering to include grocery products and ready meals, we also expanded our target addressable market significantly. The $130 billion Canadian food grocery market is shifting online rapidly, with e-commerce penetration increasing every month. As we continue to navigate this acceleration, we are ideally positioned to invest in and execute on our strategy to cement our leadership in the online grocery market. We have over $160 million of cash on the balance sheet and expanded credit facilities that will allow us to strengthen our operations, build the optimal footprint of centralized production facilities and local fulfillment centers, and invest in increased automation, technology, and robotics. I will now turn to slide five to further discuss our strategy. I'd like to highlight the key strategic components driving our everyday execution. We call this a good food flywheel which is a great illustration of our strategy to grow long-term shareholder value and to create a strong competitive advantage for good food in the online grocery business. We've been working hard to build on all of the different elements which drive and accelerate our flywheel's pace and momentum. Our strategy is simple. We grow our customer base and gain market share by ensuring a world-class experience for our customers, by increasing selection and flexibility, and by investing in automation and growing subscriber density. We use leading edge technology as a powerful lever to improve our customer experience and operational capabilities. This allows us to maximize and optimize the customer experience and value proposition for our subscribers while increasing our profitability per subscriber, which in turn allows us to continue to invest and enhance our value proposition and attract more customers. And so rolls the flywheel driving our passion to provide our members with the best possible good food experience while creating the economic moat to maximize long-term shareholder value. On that note, I'll now turn the call over to Neil to go over our financial performance in detail.
3: Thank you, John. Good morning, everyone. Turning to slide six, which provides details on subscribers and revenues. The acceleration of delivered-to-home e-commerce, grocery, and meal solutions adoption combined with good foods enhancements in delivery speed, product offering, and customer loyalty have allowed us to achieve record results this quarter. Subscribers grew 30% year-over-year to reach 319000 and revenues showed significantly higher year-over-year growth of 71% to hit record levels of $100.7 million, up $41.9 million compared to the same period last year. It is the first time in Good Food's history that we generate 100 million of revenue in a quarter, a great milestone that we are very proud to have reached. The increase in revenues were primarily driven by sustained order rates and bigger basket sizes purchased by subscribers, which were a result of an increased product offering as well as strong additions of new subscribers. In summary, more customers are buying bigger baskets more often. Also the stronger revenue growth compared to subscriber growth underscores the success of our strategy to broaden our grocery product offering to fill a larger portion of customers' baskets. While we incur some volatility in subscriber additions and see uneven demand dynamics over the next two quarters as the warmer weather continues to kick in, the vaccination campaign gains momentum and the restrictions are lifted. We are confident that our strategy will help us build the key pillars for success in fiscal 22 and beyond. Our top priorities will remain building the right selection of products for our customers and adding more flexibility and speed to our delivery capabilities, thereby enabling good food to succeed in the long-term penetration of the online grocery market, a market still in its early days in Canada. Please now turn to slide 7, which looks at our profitability levels. Our gross profit increased to $30.6 million a record, or a margin of 30.4% gross profit grew 72% year over year and gross margin grew 0.1%. It is important to note that the impact of the January Grocery Promotion Week was felt most often on gross margin. Sorry, most felt on gross margin. Still, the increase in gross profit and gross margin resulted mainly from lower incentives as a percentage of revenues due to an efficient marketing strategy. But also from improved unit economics from packaging driven by scale and the use of less expensive packaging for attended deliveries, as well as lower shipping costs explained by the favorable cost structure of our last mile delivery initiatives. Benefits from investments in automation have also driven operational efficiencies that have enhanced our cost structure. This was partially offset by $0.7 million of COVID related costs, such as personal pr- protective equipment. In addition to the grocery promotion week mentioned, we are also pleased to report a fourth consecutive quarter of positive adjusted EBITDA at $0.5 million, or margin of 0.5%. This strong performance resulted primarily from higher revenues and gross profit. The efficiency of our marketing strategy, as well as operating leverage as SGNA as a percentage of revenues, continued to decrease year over year despite significant investments in our people with several key additions in multiple departments and especially in technology. As we execute our strategy, we will continue to invest in technology and hiring key personnel over the coming quarters as we look to further develop a technological and data-driven edge in our business model. Our net loss for the quarter increased to $4.0 million or six cents per share. Turning to slide eight for a review of cash flows and capital expenditures. We generated cash flows from operating activities of $5.4 million for the second quarter of this fiscal year. This was enabled by our attractive negative working capital structure combined with a growing scale and a reduced net loss. This was also the first time we generated positive cash from operating activities in the second quarter of a fiscal year. CapEx for Q2 was $3.7 million or 3.7% of Q2 revenue. They were mainly related to leasehold improvements for existing facilities and the build out of the facility in the greater Toronto area. The continued investments in automation equipment and technology. As we mentioned in previous quarter's earnings call, our CapEx plans may be delayed by various factors out of our control, including some construction delays and COVID-19 pandemic, among other things. As such, Finalization of the build-out of our second facility in the GTA will likely be delayed to the winter. We are confident we will be able to complete other investments, including other fulfillment centers in order to achieve our growth and profitability plan with no disruption as we have realigned our investment priorities to ensure our operational capabilities would not be affected by this unexpected delay. For fiscal 2021, we plan on investing in the $20 to $30 million range in capital expenditures implementing the infrastructure for same day delivery of 4,000 SKUs across the country and further increasing our automation and technology. We expect our CapEx investments to be meaningfully higher in fiscal 22 as we roll out same same day delivery to more and more Canadians, focusing on automation to reduce cost to serve customers and other initiatives as detailed in the use of proceeds section of our latest MD&A. We also ended the quarter In a solid financial position with cash and cash equivalents of 163 million dollars we have great flexibility to grow from current levels withstand headwinds and execute on our strategy finally we would like to turn to slide nine to provide some color on our outlook e-commerce grocery and meal solution shopping were already two of the fastest growing markets in the world before the current pandemic hit over a year ago since march of 2020 This strong growth was significantly accelerated, and we have seen bigger movement to grocery shopping completed online. We have seen this shift be be sustained for over a year now, and again this quarter. We expect the shift to continue over the coming years, even if at a different or uneven pace, as consumers adopt the convenience of having received grocery items ordered online and delivered directly to their home. We expect trips to physical grocery stores to continue to decline over the coming years. Our online platform and delivered to home fulfillment model have supported this trend and a strong growth in demand. And we we are now more than ever investing in operational capabilities, people and technology to continue supporting this shift. The pandemic has brought significant challenges and opportunities and precisely evaluating the full range of near medium and long-term impacts remains difficult. We anticipate that a significant portion of grocery and food consumption traditionally done in stores or restaurant has shifted and will continue to shift online. The trends we, begin to, we began to see in March and April of last year continue to crystallize over time, as evidenced by the strong demand seen this quarter. With the vaccination campaign accelerating, economies reopening, but also the third wave currently impacting daily lives, we may see a choppy short-term subscriber and demand conditions but we have strong confidence in the long-term shift in consumer behaviors that have been accelerated in the past year and our belief in our strategy and thesis remain strong. Investing in our strategy to build the number one direct to consumer grocery technology company continues to be our main priority with good foods footprint of purpose-built fulfillment centers, investments, in increased selection, customer flexibility, scale, density, automation, and technology we are in a great position to capitalize on these cementing behavioral shifts. We are thrilled that this strategy has had the intended effects of enhancing our profit per subscriber, which has in turn allowed us to continue growing. As we continue to invest in this strategy, we recognize that we are still in the early days of digitizing one of Canada's largest industries. We are making tremendous progress on building the economic moat around our business that will give good food an incredibly valuable long-term competitive advantage and this quarter's performance and financial results have been another great example of that progress. This concludes our financial highlights for the second quarter and our prepared remarks for today. We will now be pleased to answer any questions that you may have. Thank
1: you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question is from Martin Landry of Stiefel. Your line is now open. Please go ahead.
4: Hi. Good morning, everyone, and uh, congratulations on your results.
2: Good morning. Thank you.
4: Um, my, my first question is um, on, on your grocery promotion. You had a successful uh, promotion in January, and I was wondering if you can share, uh, you know, a little bit of more details, perhaps more on your uptake rates uh, that you've reached this quarter with, with your, your grocery items.
2: Absolutely. So we, um, through the um, uh, private label grocery, 50% off promo, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the timing of it was unfortunately during um, additional lockdown measures and uh, curfews that uh, were being put in place in, in Montreal, for example. So the um, uh, uh, the, the promo created some um, operational uh, challenges that led us to um, have some delivery delays and have some um, uh, impacts on, on quality credits during that period. Uh, the flip side of it is <clears throat> we were... Um, very pleased with the amount of customer demand um, that we received. Um, about half of the customers that were placing um, grocery uh, orders with us were doing so for the first time. Um, and then within um, the same quarter, uh, we actually saw uh, a significant amount of those customers come back uh, to reorder within the same uh, quarter. <clears throat> uh, and we expect that the um, uh, stickiness and the continued penetration um, that this promo created will will continue to last into future quarters um, so the, the the takeaway from our perspective is there's a significant uh, amount of demand uh, within our customer base to um, to try our grocery products for the first time once customers uh, are made aware of it and have an incentive to to give it a try um, the the ratings of the products are very high The reorder rates uh, are quite sticky. Um, And so from an operational and execution perspective, if we were to do um, a similar initiative again in the future, um, I think we would try not to plan it uh, during additional lockdown measures, one. Uh, And two, um, we have a a much better sense of the type of demand uh, to expect, which was uh, far beyond our best expectations.
4: Thank you. That's helpful um and maybe one more if i can um you know i'd like to get uh, a little bit more details on on a, on the good food wow customer uh, you know you've been uh, you've been offering this service for probably more than 8 months now in montreal and you're starting to offer that service in in toronto so i'm wondering if we can um, compare and contrast you know a good food wow customer versus a, a regular customer in terms of uh, basket size, order, frequency, and, and profitability. Uh, you know, just high level, it would be uh, super helpful.
2: Sure, perfect. So we, um, as you mentioned, we launched uh, WOW, our same-day delivery uh, service in in uh, Montreal in 2020, and then early uh, calendar 2021, we launched the same-day delivery uh, in Toronto. Um, the, the comparison... Um, In terms of users and and behaviors versus uh, our meal kit subscription, um, I would say the the basket sizes are a little bit smaller, um, uh, but not um, to a point where the the economics of the delivery um, are are not attractive, of course. Um, And the order frequency is higher. And so... um, the behavior of the customers is they're, they're engaging more often, uh, on an on-demand basis, uh, with, uh, with same day delivery, uh, versus our, uh, meal kit subscription. Um, I think, um, the other key difference is the, uh, composition of the order. Um, so there are, um, you know, the, 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 uh, meal kit subscription order, um, Will tend to you know, be primarily uh, meal kit products in the order, with uh, a few add-ons of um, the extra assortment that we have in our prepared meals and grocery products. Um, whereas the uh, the WOW customer um, is engaging much more flexib uh, with much more flexibility uh, across our entire assortment. Um, and then I think the the other key point in terms of um, customer behavior differences is the the weekly um, meal kit subscription really appeals to the type of shopper that has um, like a solid weekly uh, routine and cadence. So where the customer knows uh, what they're going to be doing next week, how many meals they're going to be needing approximately next week. Um, uh, Works really well for families and for um, uh, customers that, that have that um, weekly routine set for customers that tend to be um, a little bit more, uh, you know, just looking for on-demand, right? Like being a little bit more flexible in what they're going to eat when, uh, not planning as much, um, really looking for the convenience. Um, that kind of customer is, is uh, really fitting well uh, into the wow experience. Um, and I think the other reason why the, um, the wow and the same day um, NPS uh, scores are so high is being able to eliminate that packaging. So through our uh, refrigerated last mile, we're able to eliminate um, the refrigerated packaging and the ice packs, uh, which is a a great move for um, the environmental sustainability of our uh, platform. And it also reduces some costs uh, of the packaging and so creates a little bit more uh, value for our
4: customer. Okay, that's helpful. And just to follow up on that, where's the gross profit per subscriber uh, you know for for a good food while versus a regular customer is it is it lower right now and, and, and moving up as you offer more items or where where does it stand?
2: Uh, yeah I would say the uh, um, gross profit per subscriber is uh, at an attractive level today uh, as we um, build out the capabilities to Uh, more efficiently uh, pick and pack grocery products um, in the investments that we're making uh, in our fulfillment centers and our uh, operational technology. Uh, We're going to see continued improvements in in that gross profit. Uh, And uh, we should be um, able to kind of discuss some of those
5: broader investments with you over the coming calendar year. Perfect. Thank you.
1: Your next question is from Frederick Tremblay of Dejardins. Your is now open. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Uh,
0: you know, it was mentioned, obviously, with uh, you know the whole COVID situation and you guys now lapping a, a very strong Q3 last year that we may see some volatility in, in subscriber numbers or, or demand patterns in the near term um just wanted to maybe get your your thoughts or your views on what you've seen um in the month of march and, and early April on those uh, on those fronts if you have any additional color on, on that
2: sure happy to share um so we've been um you know since the the start of the pandemic um we've been basically saying um you know we, we we can't predict what's going to happen next right? in terms of um, either lockdown measures, um, progress in reopening vaccination rates. Um, and so we've, we've kind of taken an approach where um, we're remaining flexible as we run the business uh, to be able to react to um, any uh, short-term changes while at the same time uh, keeping our eye on the prize on what we're building for the, for the long-term and investing in our strategy. Um, I would say the, um, the, the progress of the uh, vaccination uh, campaigns in Canada um, should have a, uh, an impact right on, on the business in the short term. Um, I think the, um, uh, from our perspective, the, the uh, short term volatility that might be created by um, the success of, of the vaccination campaigns reopening, um, is really uh, expected to be a, a transient um, uh, impact. Uh, we still believe that we're um, you know, at about uh, seven or eight percent penetration or adoption uh, of online groceries and, and food in Canada. So it's a it's a market that we expect to surpass twenty uh, percent adoption rates in the medium term. And so the uh, um, you know, what we're what we're really making sure of is. Uh, to, to be ready to, to build out uh, the leading uh, direct-to-consumer brand in Canada, make sure that we're making those investments uh, for the long term, uh, and uh, we remain uh, very confident about our strategy.
0: Great. Thanks. That's helpful. Another um, question for me was on the um, the GTA facility with uh, you know the end of construction being uh, scheduled for the winter now. Um, any thoughts on how that may or may not impact uh, you know, the rollout of Good Food Wow in, in the GTA and in Ontario in general, as well as your overall ability to support growth um, in that market.
3: Yeah, hey Fred, uh, thanks for the question. Um, I mean, like we said, uh, um, similar to, to John's answer to the last question, like COVID is, uh, is very difficult to predict anything, so um, changes in construction schedules and supply chain around the world, whether it's uh you know food or steel um causes uh causes issues on a, on a daily basis um so we're not kind of surprised by uh by the delays um the good news is you know we've we've reallocated resources and brought forward other investment plans to make sure that growth and profitability are not going to be affected the gta um right now has uh full service of uh, of wow um in all the fsas that we want to service and um and we're going to be launching um, other buildings uh, in uh, in Ottawa, uh, and expanding our facility in Vancouver, um, and uh, and expanding in in Montreal as well to support uh, growth uh, across the country. And um, our current facilities in the GTA don't um, don't service 100 percent of that market. So the Ottawa market will take uh, take some of the volume, uh, and Montreal will take some of the volume as well. So overall, it won't be uh, it won't have any uh, short-term uh, impacts on uh, on the plan.
0: Great, thanks very much, and uh, congrats on the strong quarter. Thanks, Fred.
1: Next question is from Graham Kendler of 8 Capital. Please go ahead, your line is now open.
6: Hi, good morning, and thank you for taking my questions. Um, when looking at the average revenue per subscriber in, in this quarter, this was really the highest result. Um, since that uh, peak lockdown period uh, seen around this time last year, so I was wondering if you could provide a bit of a discussion on uh, any seasonality impacts um, for for you know revenue versus subscriber growth um, in this past quarter you know, i guess given given general seasonality but also what we saw with with the haphazard lockdowns uh, across the country, that would be appreciated. Thank you very much
2: thanks very much um, I would say the um, Uh, A few of the um, key things that have had um, an impact on ARPU this quarter, Um, certainly some of the lockdown measures in January um, had an impact. Um, We also have been um, uh, really focused in in the past 12 months um, on building out our selection uh, of products and assortments. And so as we build out that selection um, and and over 30% Uh, quarter-over-quarter growth in the selection. Uh, We're seeing great um, uptake rates on on our new products. Um, We've also received um, quantitative and and qualitative feedback from our customers um, that as we're growing our selection, um, each new product um, is another reason to stay subscribed to Good Food uh, or said differently, right, not not to churn um, from Good Food but it's also a reason to to start a basket. And so um, you might start a basket thinking um, that you're going to order some of your favorite cold brew coffee. And then once you're uh, actually on on our platform, uh, you you fill out the rest of your basket with uh, some meal kits, prepared foods, and and the larger assortment. So so we're pleased to see that. Um, The other thing uh, that worked well for us this quarter uh, was um, the uh, seasonal mix of our uh, product offering in, in December. So we had, uh, for the first time ever, uh, some holiday meals um, that were ready to cook uh, for four to six people. Um, the seasonal offering, um, we weren't quite sure what to expect uh, given the, the lockdown measures that were in place. So we went for uh, smaller serving sizes than, uh, than we might have done uh, on a non-COVID year. Um, but kind of adapting the products to the seasonal need of our customers uh, helped us avoid uh, some of the um, drop in order frequency that we typically see um, in the December uh, period. And so th- those are some of the, the main factors that we've seen uh, have a positive impact uh, on our poop.
6: Understood. Thank you very much for the color there. Then just as a follow up to that, you, you discussed the, the 30% quarter-over-quarter quarter increase in the selection, um, and I believe the, the selection on grocery is currently at around 750 SKUs. Um, if I recall correctly, the target was to hit uh, about 1,000 SKUs by the end of this calendar year, but it seems like you could potentially be on pace um, to exceed that, that target, so I'm just wondering uh, you know, what, if the company has any sort of hard targets um, by the end of the year where it wants to be on, on SKUs or, or the sort of grocery assortment there. Thank you very much.
2: Yes, absolutely. So we're um, really focused on, um, on uh, growing that selection and trying to accelerate the, the speed of growth uh, in, in how quickly we build the assortment. Um, and the primary reason behind it is not only the ARPU um, discussions that we talked about and, and um, uh, the positive impact on retention from, from growing the selection, uh, but also it's really the number one thing Um, that our wow and same-day customers are are asking for um, to be able to uh, fully complete their uh, grocery shopping and kind of create their full baskets with good food uh, each week. Uh, I would say the pace of uh, growth in selection is outpacing uh, our our expectations. Uh, We have uh, certainly built uh, an engine at Good Food um, that is creating and launching uh, really by far um, uh, private label grocery products at the fastest pace that any grocer is, is moving uh, across North America. Uh, and, and, of course, that engine is, if, if you kind of think about it, the engine of uh, building um, a private label brand includes um, you know, the, the category managers that are thinking about uh, how to build um, the right uh, products within each category our uh, buyers and business development managers that are working with suppliers to identify the right products, uh, the design team and marketing team and branding team that are uh, preparing the packaging for each product, regulatory affairs and, and food safety that's uh, enabling the um, really the regulatory uh, framework around which uh, we need to operate. And so um, there was a, a significant amount uh, of investment that we've put in upfront into building that engine, and we're really seeing um, the fruits of those investments uh, come to life today,
5: so we're quite pleased with that.
6: Okay, understood. Thank you very much, and congratulations on the strong results.
5: Thanks so much.
1: Next question is from Luke Hannon, cord? Please go ahead.
7: Yeah, thanks. Good morning, um, and thanks for taking my questions. John, I just want to touch on uh, – you, you might have touched on this um, during your, your comments earlier um, about the, the difference for a you know, a typical Good Food WOW customer versus just your, your average uh, sort of meal kit customer. Um, does the mix of customers that are, um, we'll say, younger versus older, I'll say for older, like 60 and above, is there a material difference there between uh, your, your Good Food WOW offering versus uh, the meal kit offering?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and so I would say uh, in the past 12 months, we've been um, uh, surprised by the evolution uh, of the demographics of our customer base, both on our meal kit subscription uh, and on our Wow same-day offering. Um, the, uh, the Wow offering um, is a little bit skewed um, right now in terms of demographics, uh, also because of the fact that we're only offering it within the major cities, uh, so within uh, Montreal and, and Toronto, in in the urban cores, and so the um, demographics are skewing a little bit younger than our um, uh, weekly meal kit uh, subscription. Um, but that's also, you know, partially because of the location, and then partially because of the impact that over the past 12 months. Uh, we've seen significant uptake uh, in the 50-year-old plus category on our meal kit subscription, and so we'll have to see what what that truly means um, in in the longer term. Uh, but that's where we stand today.
7: Understood. Thanks for that. Um, and then one more, if I may. Um, if we look at your your you know the use of of your limited time offers um, during the quarter, obviously you saw a very strong uptake from that. You saw a lot more um, of your your customers ordering your grocery items, um, and there's benefits there for average order values and for order frequency, so I can appreciate all of that. Um, When you think about, the, I guess, why uh, a customer chooses your product versus maybe um, some of your brick-and-mortar incumbent peers, is it is it mostly a convenience factor is it mostly a value factor i know that price obviously plays into things since your your products are at a bit of a discount to the national brand equivalent but is there anything else that we should be thinking about for why um, your customers will opt to choose um, your products versus some of the the brick and mortar peers
4: mm-hmm, absolutely
2: um so in uh, the research that we've done uh with our customers um the price, which you've mentioned, is something that comes up. So um, uh, our customers um, are counting on good food to uh, curate and select um, the, the best quality product uh, at the most attractive price possible. Um, and so we're um, you know, through cutting out um, some some of the national brands and um, the, the margin that they would typically make uh, on uh, on the products. Uh, we are actually able to offer a quite compelling um, uh, pricing and and value proposition to our customers delivered to home. Uh, And when you think about it also from a a delivered to home perspective, um, it's important to think about some of the other um, grocery delivery alternatives such as um, Instacart, right, through the personal shopper model that will – have a shopper drive to Loblaws or drive to Walmart uh, in order to um, pick up an order for the customer. Because the um, uh, cost structure of Instacart and the personal shopper is built on top of the cost structure um, that exists in brick and mortar retail, um, we're seeing anywhere between 20 and 30% um, of additional costs and, and pricing to the customer. Uh, through the personal shopper model. So there, there's this attractive combination where, because we're vertically integrated, um, we can uh, offer significant, significantly more value to the customer uh, by cutting out pieces of the cost structure and then by eliminating uh, some of the national brands' um, margin. We're able to share that margin between good food uh, and the customer. Um, I would say we do have a certain uh, private label grocery product categories uh, that are price insensitive. And so, um, you know, an example would be um, uh, our uh, chocolate truffles, for example, which is intended to be a gourmet product um, and, you know, which is a place where we can make a, a great margin uh, or some of our uh, more food forward products like a chocolate hummus um, that is um, a, a product that might not be available in uh, in any traditional supermarkets. So, some of the products are actually um, uniquely designed uh, for good food, whether the um, uh, recipe is, uh, it could be proprietary to us, or it could also just be um, kind of a, a purpose built um, product for our customers. And so, on those uh, products, there's a, a, a notion and concept of uh, discovery that comes along with it. And so, uh, you know, we believe one of the Um, most important things that's missing in other online grocery models is that concept of discovery. So where, where uh, in other models, customers are uh, more or less reordering the same products every single week. Um, We believe that a a core differentiator uh, that that we're creating is to have that discovery element, something that um, you might not have picked up on your own. And if you think about it, that discovery element is one of the main drivers of how customers like to shop in store. So part of the shopping is done through a grocery list that you've um, pre-planned for your shop. And then part of the, uh, of the shopping experience in a brick and mortar store is just to walk the aisles and to, and to pick up uh, products that appeal to you on the way. And so we're really thinking about how do we recreate, um, we literally call it, you know, walking the aisles. How do we recreate the walking the aisles experience? Uh, for our online customer um, so that they're uh, not just using the search function or the reorder function uh, that gets that gets old and tired uh, pretty quickly. Um, the last point I'll make is um, there are some um, uh, products and national brands um, that are um, uh, strong enough for the customer to um, uh, want to plan their weekly shop around getting um, those national brands. And so we will have a mix in the future that is uh, primarily uh, good food related products uh, or sorry, primarily good food branded products with a few uh, national brands that we think can help us win the weekly shop.
7: Understood. Appreciate all the color. Thanks and uh, congrats on the great results.
5: Thanks so much.
1: Next question is from George Dilney of the Scotiabank. Your line is not open. Please go ahead.
5: Yeah, good morning, gents. Congrats on a, on a good quarter. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the gross margin. Um, there's only 10 basis points of an improvement there uh, year over year. Can you maybe um, quantify or call out or maybe give us some color on, on the impact of that so one week 50 off on that gross margin?
3: Yeah. Hey George, uh, thanks for the question. Um, Overall we estimate the impact to be kind of between three to five million bucks. Um, Part of that is the discounts that we offered, part of it is uh, credits that we needed to uh, to give. Uh, I think as we mentioned we we had to cancel about four percent of orders uh, for that specific week so um, it's kind of in the in that range of three to five million dollars that we would have been uh, would have been higher. the There's also some seasonality uh, in the gross margin for this quarter. There's a couple stat holidays you know christmas and and New year's cost more money to to fulfill orders given that we're open and uh, and working. Um, so we should continue to see uh, progression uh, over the kind of next uh, next couple of years in uh, in gross margin above the levels that we're at as we invest in more and more automation, like John was saying, the fulfillment centers are going to take a lot of capital. Uh, over the coming years, and and bring our cost to to service clients down pretty substantially.
5: Okay, that's helpful, thanks. And and how should we think of incentives and credits? Uh, that line's been kind of coming off, coming down, obviously in the last couple of quarters. But as we as we serve, you know, as we go into um, vaccinations and reopenings, can you maybe talk to that line? Maybe how you would expect it to trend in the, in the coming quarters.
2: Uh, yeah, certainly. I, I think the um, um, the way to think about it is there's there's part of the reduction uh, in credits and incentives, um, you know, that that is um, caused and enabled by uh, the increasing uh, adoption of uh, meal kits and and grocery shopping uh, across Canada. And so as that um, awareness and adoption becomes higher and higher. Um, the incentives that um, uh, customers need in order to, to feel like there's a risk-free way uh, to try uh, the good food experience can come down. Um, I think as the uh, reopening occurs, um, there's probably a, a middle ground of credits and incentives um, uh, between uh, kind of the, the lowest levels that we were uh, in the pandemic and where we were before that. Um, and um, I would say, in terms of the, uh, um, the, the the strategy that we have on our highly targeted marketing campaigns, um, that remains true, right? So we're we're really trying to focus our uh, credits and incentives uh, towards uh, prospective customers that we think will be the most likely um, to, to be uh, long-term good food customers. And so the the credits and incentives is it's really just one piece uh, of how we think about our overall unit economics, and we continuously um, A, B test and work on um, what the right offer levels are to which customers in order to maximize uh, both growth, but also um, the the uh, lifetime value of the customers that we're acquiring. Uh, and we've seen success on um, having uh, multi-basket uh, offers, uh, so discounts on, on more than one basket rather than um, a single basket up front, uh, we found that that creates uh, more stickiness and, and repeat uh, usage behavior. And so that's something that we've done uh, over the past year um, that, that's been quite successful. Uh, and then the last piece on credits and incentives, of course, is um, it, they're directly related to how many um, uh, customers, new customers we're actually bringing on board. And so um, uh, certainly, in a long-term steady state, uh, it, you know, one uh, in which the, uh, the growth is normalized, I would say the, the credits and incentives um, should continue to improve. Um, but hopefully, I've given you some, some kind of short-term, medium-term, long-term guidance on those uh, credits and incentives and our strategies behind them. Yeah, John, that was
5: great. Thanks. Uh, just one last one, if I may. Um, you know, we're sitting at about $160 million plus of cash. We're operating cash flow neutral. I think our plans are to deploy twenty to thirty million of capex uh, this year. I know that that number goes up in next year, but I mean it's still quite a substantial amount of cash. So maybe outside of capex, can you maybe talk to some some areas maybe where we could actually deploy some of this capital?
3: Uh, Yeah, George, thanks for thanks for the question. I think um, you know we the way we think about it, uh, we have. 160 on the balance sheet, and we have another um, kind of 30 to 40 of accessible uh, debt financing that we've uh, recently closed. So, um, all in around 200. Obviously, there's a base amount of cash. We want to make sure we continue to have in the accounts to to run the business and account for any working capital investments throughout the quarter. Um, So, as the business grows, we need to make sure that that cash balance grows in a in a in a certain proportion, let's say. Um, but as we mentioned, like we're, we're building same day across the country, uh, Amazon has invested, you know, billions and billions over the last couple of years in doing that. So, uh, we, we see investing a, a meaningful portion of the hundred and sixty plus, uh, plus 40 available, uh, in, uh, in the next, uh, kind of 24 months in, the, in that network. Um, and we're really excited about bringing that to, uh, to other, um, other cities, uh, increasing the speed of delivery, uh, and heavily automating the facility. So, um, as John mentioned, we have some exciting stuff that we'll look to uh, to share in the coming quarters. All right. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you.
1: Next question is from Michael Glenn. is Raymond James. Please go ahead.
8: Hey, good morning. Um, just uh, Is there a point when you look at the WOW versus MailKit business, is there a point where we can think about you breaking those apart in more detail, providing maybe a separation on subscribers and uh, revenue or other operating metrics? Hey, good morning.
2: Um, I think it's something that um, uh, we would certainly uh, consider doing. Um, Part of the the way that we're thinking about um, uh, both our assortments and and our customer base is over time um, we'd like to have um really flexibility, right, in terms of how customers can uh, engage with delivery speed and product assortment um, through the the different models, right and and one being uh, uh, potentially an upsell to the other. And so um, we'll have to see how uh, the customer base evolves and uh, look at kind of what the uh, overlap is and um, you know what percentage of of our customers are actually um, signing up for both the same-day delivery uh, and the meal kit subscription, um, and, and kind of think about what that means longer term for our customer base. But if there's if there are um, uh, uh, relevant segmentations that make sense to disclose, uh, I think that's something
8: that we can definitely do in the future. Okay, and um, <clears throat> just in terms, you know, we've been we've been in the pandemic for over a year um how how have you seen the competitive environment on that good food wow business uh evolve over the time frame have you seen any significant step up in your peers to compete more readily in the in this type of offering uh
2: i think so we've heard um you know certainly all of the the research that we've done both within competitors and within our customer base uh, is that when uh, customers are offered uh, a faster delivery speed, even at a premium uh, price point, the customer will uh, uh, kind of at an 80% plus uh, rate will choose the faster delivery. And so um, we've seen uh, the Instacart personal shopper model certainly have uh, success with uh, with customers. Uh, the, the Sobies Vuela model is built around uh, next day delivery. And so uh, we'll be interested to see uh, what they're able to do there in terms of uh, delivery speeds. Um, and I think uh, over time uh, that there's both a combination of the, the growing market uh, attracting more interest from competitors, certainly. Um, certainly all of the brick and mortar grocery players in Canada uh, are, are um, seeing the evolution and adoption of online groceries uh, happen much, quickly, much more quickly than what they were expecting uh, in their longer-term plans. Uh, and so uh, for those reasons, we are certainly expecting that um, uh, existing brick-and-mortar grocery, grocers as well as uh, new entrants into the, into the space uh, will continue um, uh, competing for that share of wallet online. Um, and, uh, you know, it's our, uh, objective here to make sure that our offering is, is differentiated. So making sure that we have, um, great value proposition for our customers through our, uh, good food originals and, uh, through our, our good food branded products. Uh, and then really think about the key advantages that we have in terms of, uh, being vertically integrated versus the personal shopper model. Um, we've had, um, uh, certainly, done a lot of research in, in terms of uh, how our customer experience can be superior to those other models. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, it, we think that with a superior customer experience, we'll be able to attract and, and retain um, uh, more customers longer term. Um, and so, uh, I think you know we continue to see how that evolves. Uh, but certainly, the the Canadian shopper um, is uh, is loving our. Uh, good Food WOW model today.
8: Uh, and and just one quick one. Any? Can you give an update on the CFO search and any timing there?
2: Yeah, that's uh, progressing uh, really well. So we've assessed the uh, internal and external candidates. Um, we are uh, in the late stages of the process right now. And so uh, uh, we've had... Really, a, a tremendous amount of uh, interest. We've had some amazing candidates, and so we should be able to have uh, an announcement in the short term.
8: Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you.
1: There are no further questions at this time. I would like to hand the call over to our host, Mr. Ferrari. Let me continue.
5: All right. Thanks very much, uh, everybody, for joining us on this call.
2: And we look forward to speaking uh, with you again on our next quarterly call. Have a great day.
1: This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.